Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. Thrilled to be here on Tuesday, August 4th, as we maybe get close to training camp. And training camp is happening, sort of, kind of. I don't know. Uh, coming up this week, coming up today, on today's show, we have tons of NFL news, uh, sort of a menagerie, if you will, of uh, news that has popped up around the league lately. We're going to kind of catch up on everything there. And uh, coming up this week, we will have playoff teams that missed the playoffs, four teams that, that made the playoffs last year that won't make it this year, and then conversely, four non-playoff teams from last year uh, that will make it this year. I usually write these articles, and they didn't let me this year. So I guess I, I guess I guess I missed the playoffs, Breach. You don't write anymore. That's the problem. Your mastery of the English language has shot down 20% over the past six months. But I talk all the time, so that's still the language. And you know so how to pronounce still- Honey Badger's name. Way to dunk on yourself, Breach. Uh, Ryan Wilson. Well, Ryan Wilson. Nice. I love it. Were you, uh, R, were you, what, P, P R Wilson when your email address at college? Or David, have email when you were at college? Well, they had an email class in the, oh. in the mid nineties. And the first, the, the inner college email we made was called P mail. And I'm sure my email was something like that, something stupid like that. And your teacher would send you an email and get to answer it and respond. That was literally something you had to learn how to do. I was R.W. Brinso. Yeah, that's like your, uh, you still use that, that username for rando, like older things, I think. Like, yeah, for, for sure. Yeah. Like, well, I'll, whatever. Yeah. I'll sign up for stuff and it's like R.W. Brinso. So I guess jo- Breach was, uh, that's how you came up with Johnny B. Bad, 1989. <laughs> that is how I came up with the Brinson. How'd you know? Who told you? Johnny B. Bad. Yeah, I think there was a wrestler named Johnny B. Bad. Uh, I think there was a Chuck Berry song called Johnny B. Bad. There was There's not. There's a movie. Johnny, Johnny B. Good. Johnny B. Good with um, Anthony Anthony Michael Hall, who was a star quarterback after playing the nerd in Breakfast Club. He grew up. And um, I think getting like muscular didn't do wonders for his career. Hey, you know what, guys? It's a major week. Oh, yeah. Is it the first yeah. major of the year? It is the first major of the year, right? Because the Masters didn't happen. They're in, it's pushed back to November now. Um, and this week, the first major of 2020 is finally here. That's right. It is the first one. The world's top players, including Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson. Phil Mickelson's not a top world top player, but okay, whatever. He's a big name. And Roy McElroy, who stunk last week. How about Justin Thomas? Some love for Justin Thomas, please. It's insulting not to, uh, not to include him in there. Uh, Justin Thomas, Brooks Kepka are teeing it up this week at the PGA Championship in San Francisco at Harding Park. 
First Cut podcast is covered with DFS and betting previews plus round-by-round analysis throughout the tournament. Listen to the First Cut podcast to learn how you could win $4,000 this week by playing our CBS Sports Golf Props game. You can find First Cut on, or The First Cut, excuse me, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and now even YouTube. Just search for The First Cut Golf Podcast as uh, the boys will set you up. And, uh, and probably hit a winner for you. I know Mike McClure at sportsline.com, by the way, four or five tournament winners in a row, including Justin Thomas last week. Not too shabby. What are you looking at? There's a few things more annoying than you looking at golf while you're reading a golf promo while we're trying to do a podcast. Are you watching golf? Uh, Carolina Hurricanes are playing in the playoffs while we do this. Not live, are they? Yeah. Why are they playing right now? Because they got, they got, well, Wilson, I'll start from the very beginning. There was a pandemic. <laughs> they had to stop the NHL season. Oh, thank you. Hey, speaking of golf, Breach, how many times have you played golf in your career? You don't seem like you're a, a big golf fan. You know what? My dad's a huge golfer. He played in, uh, you know, the Lake Tahoe Celebrity Classic yeah. uh, that, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Tony Romo. He played in that a few times during his career. He was that good. And so it was one of those things, whenever I played with my dad, he would beat me so badly that I just started hating golf. And so I can golf and I will golf huh. and I probably will lose to both. Of you. I don't know. I don't, I don't I, know. I haven't played very good. Wilson Brenton is a country club type. He might be able to take me. Shot uh, an 88 on uh Friday. I think yeah. on a par three, I could take both of you. You probably could. Like I don't putt very well. I haven't played in a long time. I used to play all the time. I lived in Arizona because I was in Arizona, but um, I almost killed myself. I think you guys heard that story a bunch of times. Who's a really good golf, uh, uh, kicker that turned golfer almost went pro? He probably, he played with your dad. He's one of your dad's contemporaries. I'm trying to think. Uh, there's a few. Uh, uh, I mean, kicking and golfing are very similar. And NFL kickers will say that. And that's why a lot of them do golf, but I am not sure. Uh, I no. think I can't, like Aldel Greco was a good one. That's the one. Aldo. Is it? Yeah. Good call. All right. That was Vinny, fun. Vinny Del Negro. <laughs> <laughs> and uh Vinny Del Negro and um Tommy Googs. They're good. Googs. No, no, it was uh Corciani and Googs who got tossed. Oh uh, Corciani and Googs. Yeah, Corci- Corci- my boy, man. Rodney Pete? Right no, Rodney Matt Monroe. Rodney Pete was a Panthers quarterback. Right. I can't keep up with all the Rodneys. That's yeah. True. I hated um, it, of course. So but those teams, Corciani and Fire Nice were good. Yeah, great. All right, so I have here the rundown. It just says breach schedule thoughts. What are your thoughts on the schedule, Breach? Woo! I'm I assuming love- that what's happening here is you're writing a story, and I think you talked about this beforehand, but I was busy watching the Canes game. Um, I think what you're doing is writing a story where you break down how the NFL can create a schedule that will uh, that will be pandemic friendly. Is that correct? Uh, I, well, first, I love when we have a topic on the rundown, and Brinson has no idea what the topic is about. That is. My favorite thing in the world, we hit the home run here. And, yes, Brenton, I have a story coming out today on CBSSports.com. Today is Tuesday, and it is basically, uh, you know, we've had some weird things happen. We're going to talk about, you know, Doug Peterson testing positive for coronavirus. Odell Beckham wants the season canceled. And so, basically, I wrote a story that said this is what the NFL should have done, or there's still time. Just scrap everything you have planned and do what I have proposed. NFL. So if Roger Goodell is listening, uh, I have a whole plan for the 2020 season. It is pandemic friendly. I think it could work. So I'll just say real quick, one of the biggest problems and, and one of Odell's problems is that like the NFL went into this thinking everything was going to be normal. They just scheduled 16 game regular season. Uh, all those contingency plans where, Hey, there's not, 
no division games in weeks three and week four. And uh, in week two, everyone has the same bye. So if those games get canceled, you can play it during that bye week. Well, that only covers the first four weeks of the season. There's nothing else. At, you know, what if five starting quarterbacks test positive before week seven? They all have to sit out. Like, do you postpone well, those games? And this is sort. Of, this is my point. People got mad at me, but yeah. I was like, I was like, baseball can easily schedule double headers. Right. Like if baseball games get postponed and you have to run them back, like you can set up double headers, you have tons of days you can move it into, uh, you know, you have all these different pieces you can utilize. You can't just, you can't do a football double header and you can't easily just make up a football game unless you push the whole season back. So that's one of the biggest scheduling problems I think that you point out, Breach, that they're facing uh, with the possibility of guys getting corona in the middle of the season. And yes, and at what number do you say, do we postpone the game? It, do eight players test positive? Is it a starting quarterback? Is it, you know, the NFL hasn't really made that clear. They're kind of just flying by the seat of their pants, which is probably not something you want to do in a situation like this. And I think that's why a lot of... I think in general, you just don't want to fly on your pants. I mean, absolutely. And so we've seen more than 40 players opt out already. So drum roll, please. Here we are. I'm going to get to my proposal for the season. You guys have not heard it. So I'm going to see your reaction right away. All right. Number one, I'm going to keep this concise because this is a long story. Uh, we're going to cut the regular season down to 12 games. That seems like a no-brainer to me. When, when does the season start? Season still starts when it's supposed to start. So, so it builds in an extra month of leeway. Well, kind of, yes. Okay. Yes, basically it does. I'm fine. So, with- the first seven weeks of the season, you only play divisional games. You play your six divisional games, and then there's a one-week buy in there in case a game has to be postponed. Uh, you put it in during your bye week. Or if no games are postponed, then everyone just has a buy. Okay, and, one thing quickly. Uh, okay. Br- Brinson, keep a lookout for how this is going to benefit either the Bengals or the Cowboys <laughs> because I'm sure that's the long game. Breach is well, for starters, I mean, he's making it mostly divisional heavy, which benefits the Cowboys tremendously because they would play a bunch of crap teams like the Eagles and Redskins and Giants. All right. Yes, and the Bengals play the Browns six times. They do not play the Steelers <laughs> or the Ravens. I, for, I left that out. All right, All right. So those are the first seven weeks of the season, six games, all divisional games. Uh, now let's get to the next seven weeks, weeks eight through 14. Now I think one thing that everybody looks at with the schedule is, hey, my team's playing a first-place schedule or a last-place schedule. You know, if you're the Bengals, you're glad the team finished in third, the AFC North, or in fourth and not third because you want them to play a last-place schedule, not a third-place schedule. So I want to keep the integrity of the last-place schedule alive. So your other six games – are played against, and there's no AFC-NFC games in this 12-game schedule. There's no time for that. We don't have room for that. That's just, you don't need to play those games this year. It doesn't make any sense. So your other six games are playing teams that finished correspondingly uh, with you in 2019. So the Chiefs, as a first-place team, will play all the other first- and second-place teams Jeez. in the AFC. So There's uh, how it benefits the Bengals. <laughs> so the Chiefs will play the Ravens, the Steelers, the Patriots, the Bills, the Texans, and the Titans, besides their divisional games. Now the Bengals, who finish in last place, get a last place schedule where yeah. they would play all the third and fourth place teams that aren't in their division. So that would mean playing the Raiders, the Chargers, the Colts, the Jags, the Jets, and the Dolphins. So there is your 12 oh, You listed the Bills as a first place schedule, but the Patriots won the division last year. No, the Chiefs are playing the first and second place teams. From, okay, gotcha. okay, okay. So that's six games. So, like, the Chiefs are playing two from the AFC South, AFC North, and AFC East. So that's your six games, first and second place. Okay, so the Bengals have 
All right. Yeah, this is definitely how. And oh my God, think about how this benefits the Cowboys. Yeah. Well, the Cowboys. Let's see. First, no, what where they finish? Cowboys get first and second in the non. In the, the Cowboys actually, I think, would get screwed over because their schedule would be their division games, but then their non-divisional games would be the Saints, the 49ers, the Seahawks, the Packers, the Vikings, and the Falcons. They could literally go one in five of those games. Oh, absolutely. There you go. Boom, crushed your uh, mm. crazy internet theory. I mean, one of the things the Cowboys and one benefits the Bengals. You couldn't go all in on one team or else Jerry would have your parts <laughs> removed. And and I would imagine if we let this play out, the Cowboys get the seventh seed and they end up meeting the Bengals in the Super Bowl. We see how it works for each. All right, so that's the regular season. We got our 12 games. Uh, we got two bye weeks where you can put in any games that get postponed. And now we move to the playoffs. And here's sorry, our thing. Sorry, hold on, just to recap. It's 12-game season, Yep. two stretches of seven weeks. Right. The first being all divisional games. Yes. And the second being uh, f- uh, first and second and third and fourth matchups across non-division but in-conference games. Correct. That was actually more concise than I could have explained it myself. Right. We could have really saved the last seven or eight minutes. And it came that's, to Brinson, which is even more ironic. I was going to say that's the first time Brinson's ever paid attention enough to something yeah. that he was able to break it down that Virtual break on the, on the hockey game. That's why. This is that. Yeah, Kane's won. Kane's won. <laughs> Thank goodness. All right. What happens in the playoffs? All right. Now we get to the playoffs. And guess what? We have a 24 team playoff. There are 24 teams that make the playoffs. This is what the NHL is doing. Brinson's watching the NHL. NHL has 24 to 31 teams in the playoffs. If you cut down regular season games, you're not giving teams enough chance to like prove how good they are. So I do think it makes sense to add playoff teams. I think the NHL had the right idea. Another, another benefit for the Bengals. So the Bengals play a bunch of third and fourth place teams, and there's 12 of 16 teams from each conference making the playoffs. Now, hold on. We're going from 14 to 24 playoff teams. Is that right? Hey, in 1982, strike shortened season, the NFL had 16 to 28 teams in the playoffs. So almost 60%. All right, go ahead. It's not completely crazy. So before we get to that, you have the eight teams that didn't make the playoffs. And so if you cut the season down from 16 games to 12 games, the networks, you know, like CBS, are like, hey, we lost some games. We need something back in return. So this is one of the things you get in return. The eight teams that did not make the playoffs are in an eight-team draft playoff, and they play out to see who gets the number one overall pick. So that goes 8-4-2, and the four worst teams, the NFC, four worst teams. So if you win the worst team playoff, you get the number one pick? Yes. This is is all Belichick. He's like, well, we're terrible, we're terrible, and we're great again! And we have the number one pick. If you lose in the first round, you have the eighth pick. Is that right? Right, except that if all four teams lose in the first round, you would just do it normal draft gotcha. thing. So, it, like, if the Bengals have a strength of schedule tiebreaker or whatever. Right, right, right. It would just be normal tiebreakers for that. So first you have one. to. Well, how do you? What's that? That's not tanky for Trevor. You have to sort of because you'll have to win at some point. Yeah. You have to. You have to win three games to get the number one pick. What's the, what's the catchphrase for that? Uh, tank for Trevor and then win what, three games. Uh, let me ask you this though: What is how are the are the players still getting uh, the the players will be pl- paid during this? Will there be uh, bonuses handed out? Because you have to. It's hard to motivate guys to go win for the number one pick. Right. So as far as pay goes, any game that takes place between week one and week seventeen, uh, you still get regular season pay because you were supposed to be playing. Uh, 
you know, this isn't playoff pay. This isn't postseason pay. So you're getting a nice paycheck, you know, because those playoff paychecks aren't that big. So, and obviously this would start in week 15. So everyone in the draft tournament would get uh, a regular season paycheck. And in the AFC last year, the first round of the draft tournament would have been the Bengals at the Browns and the Dolphins at the Chargers. That would have been your first round. Okay. I think the Bengals would not have gotten Joe Burrow. Are you saying they would have lost the Browns? They beat the Browns in December, Ryan. Ah, yeah, that's right. Got nothing. All right. <laughs> but, but then Great. they probably lose to the Dolphins or Chargers. This is see, but this benefits breach. This benefits the Bengals in a big way because either they have a very good shot at getting the number one overall pick because they have a good young team, or they're in the playoffs. All right. So we got through. You guys know of the draft tournament. Now we're in week fifteen. We got through the fourteen weeks of the regular season, twelve games, two bye weeks. Week 15 is just the four games of the draft tournament. So we can put all these in primetime slots. Uh, that gives every other team a buy. So if you are dealing with any coronavirus issues going into the postseason, you have that week to like quarantine your team and keep them healthy and make sure they don't turn into the Marlins. So that would be the goal for that week, the only four games. All right, week 16, that is where the actual playoffs start. This is where under the 2014 playoff format – the all division winners get a buy. So eight buys, four in the NFC, four in the AFC, and then the other 16 teams play each other. Uh, under last year's standings, the first round of the NFC playoffs would have been Cardinals at Seahawks, Buccaneers at Vikings, Falcons at Rams, Cowboys at Bears. Crazy. And, and the NFC buys would have gone to the 49ers, Packers, Saints, and Eagles. Okay. So week 16, you play out those play, playoff games. Now, the networks, they're like, hey, we're still being shorted games here. We need something. We need ratings. And so this is where you give the network some ratings. There's a TV special where the teams that got to buy get to pick the team they're playing uh, for the following round. MLB proposed this in February. I thought it was a brilliant idea. They should have gone through with it. They did not go through with it. Uh, I think it makes a lot of sense in football because you have a week to prepare we did this in our we did this in our fantasy league for the playoffs in baseball and football and it gets personal. Like you're like how does it work? So how would this work? So the 49ers last year had the top seed. So they would get the first pick of all the NFC teams that win uh during oh, Gotcha. So they they could play a third seed if they wanted to if they thought it was a better matchup than the 6 seed or whatever. So Correct. Right. Ex- exactly. Gotcha. So like, like let's say let's say the 12 seeded uh well, I guess this wouldn't apply but like the the tw- oh, oh, I know. The Cowboys are the eighth seed and snuck into the playoffs and breached the system. And the 49ers are like, nah, we're not playing the Cowboys as the eighth seed. Give us the three seed Eagles. They are trash. We will throttle them because you won't believe this Carson Wentz hurt again. They couldn't pick the Eagles. They couldn't pick another team that got a bye week. It would be only the teams that played. And the fifth seed Eagles, whatever. But I will say a good example of this. So the Just 12, trying to take a shot at Debo here, man. The 12 seed last year would have been the Cardinals. And the 49ers had a tough time against the Cardinals. And so Cardinals at Seahawks, the winner of that game, the 49ers probably want to stay away from that uh, just to not risk losing. Maybe they'd rather play the, the the Buccaneers or the Cowboys or a team like that. So they probably wouldn't want to play a divisional team because you'd have to beat them for a third time. Um, all right, so there we go. That is week 16. Week 17 is just – there you, you pick your team. You have your top four seeds. They pick their opponents. You play those games. There's eight games. Then also that playoff weekend, Monday night, you have a doubleheader with the draft semifinals. So now, boom, everybody's going to watch on Monday because they want to know who's going to get the number one pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Then Wild Card Weekend, which we've already started the playoffs, but the normal weekend that Wild Card Weekend would be on is basically the divisional round. Uh, the week after that is when you play the draft finals because everybody needs all the playoff teams need to buy to get healthy from COVID. And then, boom, AFC and NFC Championship Super Bowl. I know, guys. Even if you win the draft finals, you've still only played 15 games, so you're not even adding any extra games to the regular season's schedule. Yeah, so every team would play a minimum of 13 games because everyone would get at least one playoff game or draft playoff game plus the 12 regular season games. So you could play uh, up to, I think, 16 if you were a first-round playoff team that didn't will get by. NF, uh, will NFL players be uh, be paid for 16 games? They will be played, again, for every game that goes through Week 17. Any game after that, they'll get playoff pay like they would have in their contract. Well, then this isn't going to fly because they're not going to take a four-game cut. They're not taking a four-game cut. You said oh. through Week 17. But if you're eliminated in the first round of anything, then all of a sudden you're 13 games max. Well, then you get a three-game cut. Right. So that means that play, like – that, that that part won't fly. You got to figure out something with the. Just with pay the them through. Pay them their salary, and then pay them their what, salary. If you have a whole season, yeah, you pay them their salary. Whatever's extra is extra. All right. So nobody would play more than sixteen games, right? Unless you go to the Super Bowl. Right, not counting the playoffs. Fifteen if you're in the losers bracket. So what's you- the fewest and what's the most games you could play? Thirteen. Breach just said is the fewest. And I think the most is seventeen. Can you still get your regular pay plus playoff pay? I think, uh, I think actually the networks end up losing money here for those missed, those four missed weeks. Yes, but if you, if you're a network and you're getting expanded playoff games, I would, I think those playoff games, even the early ones count at least like one and a half per. It's like ESPN is suddenly going to get like five or six playoff games, whereas, you know, instead of Monday Night Football, which these is these are all national games too. They're not regional games. Well, so I'll say it real quick. You so you're getting 34 fewer regular season games, but just for the playoffs, you're getting 10 more playoff games plus seven draft playoff games. So really, 17 more playoff games. I think CBS would sign off for it. Thank you. Here's the thing: like it sounds maybe like the first round of those drafts yeah, before he got fired. The first round of those draft playoff games may not be exciting, but I, I, I'll tell you this, like English Premier League and the other European leagues, when they're relegation battles towards the end of the year for meaningless games when the, the winners have already been decided. Didn't people, somebody lose their mind when they like won, like a, like they, or they got yelled at for over celebrating because they avoided regulate, regu- uh, relegation? It's a huge deal, not only for, for the players, obviously, but for fans. So. I think there would be a, a big market for that. I actually like this schedule idea, Breach. And and the other thing, too, is instead of asking players to lose to get the number one pick, yes. you're asking players to win to get the number one pick. And so that's sort of – I kind of like that idea anyway. So um, do you have the bracket for um, what would have been this year's loser's bracket, the 2019 season, or you don't have that? It would have been – so I read the NF, or the AFC one, Bengals at Browns, Dolphins at Chargers in the AFC. The NFC would have been Washington at Carolina and – the Lions at the Giants. Jeez, I feel like the Chargers maybe were best positioned to win that thing. So like, you're Philip Rivers. Yeah, you're Philip Rivers trying to get Trevor Lawrence so you can leave. And you know you're leaving at the end of the season. That complicates things. Or not Trevor Lawrence, um, um, Joe, Joe Burrow. Burrow. Yeah, Sorry. yeah. I mean, that would be fair. And the Dolphins could have ended up with Tua anyway. Um, and, you know, like, imagine the Lions getting the number one pick. They have Stafford. They say, you know what? Uh, a little old, getting a little injured. I know you love Matt Patricia. You think he's winning three games in a row? He won three games last year. 
<laughs> He's not turning it on and winning three. Saving it for the playoffs. Yeah, saving uh, it for the number one pick, baby. That is a good way to your job, by the way. You go one and fifteen, and then you peel out in the January losers bracket. No, you go one and eleven, and then you just catch fire. Right, right. So, like the so is the worst seed is the team that's one and eleven the number one seed in the loser's bracket, or is the team, the best team that missed the playoffs the number one seed? I actually thought about that. I was like, that makes <laughs> sense because you're being rewarded for crap. The NFL's rewarding you for playing crappy uh, with the draft. But I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do it. it, it I, so I, the I, worst I team is down. the number one seed. And so, the worst team should play the second worst team. The worst team shouldn't play the best team of the of the, of the group of bad teams. So, that's like, the, the worst two worst team. teams in the AFC, the Bengals and Dolphins, should play each other and then have the Browns and Chargers. Play. And then so one of the crap teams. Yeah, I disagree. I, the, think the, I think the team, the first team out of the playoffs should be the number one seed in the loser's bracket. And then the, the – Who the, do they play? The, the, the worst, worst team in football. So, like, you had a chance to make the playoffs. You just missed – I mean, you probably so don't good. even do it by conference. So like, Ooh. so the eighth. Yeah, I don't think you do it by teams. conference. There's eight teams. I don't think you do it by conference. So in that case, the Bengals would have played. Uh, don't you do you know what I'm saying? Like, don't you think you just right. reset completely based on the whole NFL? But I don't think it should be that the the team that just missed the playoffs plays the Bengals. I think the Bengals should play the Dolphins. I think, which is the second worst team. <laughs> Like you don't, you don't want like the Steelers playing the Bengals. The Steelers should be playing whatever the other team is that just missed the playoffs and what, you know, the seven. No. no, I mean like the whole, you should be rewarded for trying to be better. Well, that, um, that'll come later in the, in rounds two and three, I feel like. And Ryan, you brought up the Steelers. They would have played the Colts, uh, in a seven ten game. See, that's, that's an evenly matched team. No quarterback. In last year's playoffs. Yeah. Brian Hoyer versus Duck Hodges. Yowzers. That would have been uh, not anything I would want to watch. Well, but I would have watched that, it because it's Steelers. That uh, <laughs> actually, that, that's uh, that I like. I like this breach. You did. You did pretty good. Too bad so you now, make your wife drive four hours in the car while you typed it up in the back. But yeah, that is the funny part for everyone. I was on paternity leave last week. We're driving home from Cincinnati. It's four and a half hour drive. My wife wanted to drive, so I was like, "Whatever, you want to drive? I'll sit in the back and chill and and think of this crazy thing, this plan that's in my head." Uh, and so that's what I did. And you know, what's funny is I text most of it on my phone. I hate writing on my phone, and I was just like what? texting the story to myself. You actually type faster texting than you do typing. That's interesting. That's because I have swipe texting, man. I have swipe texting. Yeah, you do type to swipe. Um, yeah, so that that's the format. That's what we should move to. You guys start a petition. Get Goodell on board. Get everyone on board. Let's do it. I like it. All right, let's uh, take a break, and we'll ponder this scheduling masterpiece by John Breach. We'll come back, we'll talk some more football news. Okay, so... Man, hard to really wrap my head around anything else after John Breach dropped that schedule bomb on us. What do you think the chances are, Ryan, that the NFL actually uses something similar to Breach's schedule by the end of it? Like over under, over under 12 and a half games per free every team in the league. I'll go over, um, primarily because of financial reasons, I would imagine, but Breach has some workarounds that make sense. You would have to imagine the NFL has two or three contingency plans, you would hope, in case things go sideways, because we've seen it. NBA so far, things are working out because everyone is literally in a bubble. 
NBA and NHL are have zero positive tests because everybody's in a bubble. Yeah, and then look at the sport that's not in a bubble. That's Basically, right. Disaster. So you have the the Marlins who reportedly were hanging out in the hotel bar, and then you have uh, what's his name, Cespedes. Is that how do you say his name? The Mets. Uh, Jonas Cespedes. Cespedes, who just no showed, and I'm not. <laughs> he went AWOL from his hotel room. They couldn't find him. People were worried he might be dead on the road. So it wasn't like he was at home. So just a lot of weird things like the oversight doesn't seem to be as good in Major League Baseball. And understandably so. There are more people, more moving parts. Well, you Cardinals went to a casino. Hey, when you got to gamble, you got to gamble. I mean, and, maybe just like anywhere. but and, and then, of course, all the Cardinals got Corona. Like maybe don't go to the casino. That's the thing. The, the oversight and, and the enforcement has to be no nonsense for NFL. I think Tomlin made a pretty good point. He said, look, if, if one fails, we all fail. So it ain't one of these things where – you know, you stub your toe, you just sit out. No one else is affected. You, you're going to be breathing on people, and then you're going to potentially wipe out a season. I that's, that's, well, that's the, the thing. Is it literally takes it only takes one player to have a bad decision. You're in close quarters in NFL locker room in a huddle on the field. All of a sudden, you spread to everyone. Like it's insane how quickly it could spread. I, I will say that we got some good news from baseball in the sense that the Philadelphia Phillies. I don't believe, I believe, and now we could, it might take a couple of weeks, we don't know, but it sounds like they're mostly testing negative, which is really good news because it was believed that the Phillies who played the Marlins, who had a huge outbreak because a bunch of Marlins players went to clubs in Atlanta before playing the Phillies, that the Marlins might have spread it to the Phillies. Now, the big difference for the NFL here is that football is not played like baseball. Baseball is kind of a socially distant sport. Football is not at all. I would, I would guess, and I could be wrong, but I would guess that if the uh, Miami Dolphins and Philadelphia Eagles played and a bunch of Dolphins had coronavirus, that a bunch of Eagles would end up getting coronavirus as well, as opposed to what happened with Philly. And, and, and that brings us back to Breach's schedule, because then what happens? You need to have a plan in place about how you can modify the schedule. Presumably, you can't keep pushing the season back until we have the Super Bowl in May. Right. Well, and, and look, what happens if, so, and again, this Dolphins Eagles hypothetical, all the Dolphins offensive linemen go out party hard, catch coronavirus, spread it to a bunch of Dolphins players. And then while the offensive linemen are battling with the defensive linemen for Philly, all the Eagles defensive linemen get coronavirus and then have to miss the next two weeks. That's kind of the strength of the Eagles this year on defense. And that would be pretty unfair. And to add to that, let's say the Eagles team was being responsible about everything and hadn't exactly. been going out, and all of a sudden, because they played the dumb Dolphins, who I'm calling that because they were dumb in this situation, they the have hypo- to miss The hypothetically games. dumb Dolphins. The hypothetically dumb Dolphins. So all of a sudden, you're sitting out. You didn't do anything wrong. And yeah. so, I mean, how upset are you going to be? Maybe you make the other team forfeit the game, but the NFL hasn't said anything like that because they don't let – they're not – they have not shared any protocols beyond people opting out. You know, like if Tim – if 10 people on one roster test positive, is, is the game postponed? You say, no, we expand the practice squad to take care of this. So you're going to play down 10 guys with those practice squad guys. I mean, that's um, a nightmare. Um, and one other thing, the bubble, you know, like we did talk about the NBA and NHL bubbles. It's not as easy for the NFL to pull off, obviously. The NFL cannot do a bubble. There is, yes. It, it, you would have destroy to do football the- in the same way that you are currently destroying my segue to Doug Peterson, <laughs> the coach of the actual Eagles, having <laughs> coronavirus, having COVID-19. <laughs> Uh, Doug Peterson, uh, tested, but you're right. They couldn't, couldn't do a bubble. Um, too many people involved. Doug Peterson tested positive for COVID-19, uh, asymptomatic. 
Quarterback coach Press Taylor was also sent home after being in close contact with Doug Peterson. And uh, Doug, as the Eagles fans, for whatever reason, call him. Like nobody, nobody else, they're like, Doug, well, what's Doug doing? It's like, why do they call him Doug? I don't get it. They're so weird. Um, he is the second, Doug is the second head coach to test positive, uh, right after Sean. Oh yeah. Sean Payton, who had it way back in the day after, uh, it's believed, I think, that it happened around Mardi Gras time. No, I think he, I Derby. Had, he yeah, he went to a horse exactly. race, not that's the Derby, some other horse race in New York. That's right. That's right. Sean Payton, by the way, been outspoken about the, his concerns with coronavirus in general. So I don't know if that means he, Hates football and rooting for the season to be lost, but just work noted. He has also been turning New Orleans into like its own super bubble. The whole facility, yeah. like I feel, uh, I like the Saints even more now. Just yeah, I think there's a plan for training camp. There's a plan for training camp in New Orleans where they're mostly in hotels. I, I saw that our buddy Joe Person, who covers the the Panthers for the Athletic, tweeted that Derek Brown, their first round pick. Had an option of staying in a hotel. I think some of the players are doing that and instead decided to buy a house for his, his fiance slash wife and their, their newborn. So people are doing different things, but at the end of the day, it just takes one and then, you know, that's going to be a, a problem. Um, Debo, I haven't heard from you in a while. <laughs> it will. <laughs> what are your thoughts on your friend Doug having, uh, COVID-19? Obviously we hope he's fine. I mean, we, Obviously. First of all, I just want to appeal. Why is it so weird to reference someone on a first name basis? Eagles fans say it in a way that makes it sound like they're chummy with him. It was the same thing. Everybody references him as Andy. Um, I don't hear Patriots fans call uh, anyone Bill. Sure. Who calls Andy Reid? We don't call him Andy. We call him Andy Reid. Eagles fans, I think, back in the day. Like if you hear sports talk radio in Philly, it's it's Andy. It's not you're not calling him Reed. You're not calling him by last name. I don't know. There's a there's a familiar. Maybe that's step. what the problem. Well, so, I mean, like these sports talk radio guys, ostensibly are are you know like interviewing Andy Reed on a regular basis and know him fairly well. Or in some cases, like didn't I didn't didn't some of them play for him? Yes. Maybe right. I, Ike Reese is a I, yeah. Ike Reese played for him. On a, this is a weird hill to die on though. Why do you care if they call him Doug? I mean, I think it's just because his name's Doug. That's one of those names where if your name's Doug, people call you Doug. You know, who like, call you, John? Doug Flutie, because I'm short. Oh, Doug Flutie. You're supposed to say John because that's your name. Nobody calls me John. I just think it's weird when, like, Eagles fans who don't know him are like, Doug, Doug. Yeah, Doug. well, Doug with a nice play call. It's like, All right. It's the same. I mean, it's with the quarterback. Like, you call your quarterback. Like, everybody refers to him as Carson. I mean, just, I call him Wentz. Maybe it's a, a national versus local perspective. Would Do you, you guys call, call Carson Wentz Carson? I, I, I think Carson. it is a local factor. Would you call if you're talking on like uh, a Panthers, uh, a radio? Cam, Cam is different. Cam is different. Teddy's different yeah. too. Why? <laughs> yeah. I call him. Uh, all of Brinson's examples are different. No, those are all first Teddy, name. Teddy B. Maybe, but, maybe that's why. Maybe Doug is just easier than Peter. I just feel oh, like it's a local versus national thing. Like Cincinnati radio, I don't think on every reference they're calling him Burrow. I, you think they're calling him Joe? Yeah. I, I think they call him Joe Burrow because he's got that name. Some names just flow, and you say it both because that's what makes – like Joe, you can't just Cam say is Joe. Different. Cam is different. Though. Like when I write, I'm like Cam, 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 Cam. Like I'm writing Cam. I don't, you know, Cam it's almost like Roethlisberger are also different. Ben. Why? Yeah, hey, why? Ben. I, here's my thing. I think that those guys are naturally like that because of the way that their names are and their personalities, et cetera. And Eagles fans want to have that for themselves. So they force feed Andy, Doug, 
Carson, all this stuff to the point where it sounds like they're familiar and, and, and pals and chummy with them. And the reality is that they're not. I don't I think love that Sean, Philadelphia. What's that? I, I was just saying, I love that Sean left the podcast with uh, an Eagles hate as his big sign off, and, and Brinson's now carrying the torch. How do you feel about that, Devo? Tom, Star Wars is not that nerdy. No, Star Wars is not that nerdy. <laughs> um, but going to your original question, I don't think there's a ton of concern around Philadelphia within the organization, um, able to insert some stuff from home. I am curious, though, kind of what the process would be if, if this were to happen a month from now and the season's about to get going or a month and a half from now, a month and a half from now when the season is happening. You know, I saw, um, and I'm sure you saw this too, Duo, because you're a big NBA guy, but Mike D'Antoni had a mask on while he was coaching on Sunday night. Uh, against the, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks for the, for who's coaching for the Houston Rockets, but they're in a bubble, which I thought was a little weird. Like I said, I nothing wrong with it. But like, if you're in a bubble, don't you, you probably don't need to wear the mask. I don't know. Can't hurt. I mean, we said the same thing about, um, Eric Spolster currently has the, uh, the Heat and Raptors are playing as we record this. Eric Spolster, no mask. Maybe it's his age. Mike Tansoni, 69 years old. Right. So. Sure. You said the same thing about Dave Gettleman during the draft weekend. He was at home by himself wearing a mask, but as you pointed out, he survived cancer, so he chose not to mess around. And you know what? Some people were sort of giving a little grief for that. Dave Gettleman way out of the curve on the mask stuff. Yeah, there you so, go. How about that? So Debo just mentioned, you know, like what happens if a coach gets it, tests positive, like the day before the game. Now, what if like half the coaching staff tests positive the day before the game? Are you going in the game with three assistant coaches on your sideline, having the special teams coordinator uh, be your head coach, or are you postponing the game? Now, this is wild for gambling. JJ wrote about the opt-out um, choices for coaches. I don't think you get paid. Um, I didn't. You have to go back and read it. You know, he's, they don't have a union, so basically that's why you won't see any coaches. Because but let's say five money. coaches get come down with coronavirus on Saturday night. Can they coach from their hotel rooms through, you know, Zoom or whatever? I think that's more – obviously, Tom Brady can't throw a, throw a pass from his hotel room if he gets coronavirus. But the coaches could presumably still have a huge part in, in the game plan during the game as long as they're able to, you know, work a cell phone. But then there's a cell phone rule. You can't use your cell phone. Mm. Is that? What do you do? You set up a headset and watch on the TV and hope that you're seeing all the angles you need to see. Yeah, but you can't relay that information if you want something to happen in the game. You can't relay that information. Number one, you're in a seven-second delay. Number two, you can't use your cell phone. I mean, that's all true. <laughs> Surely they can get, like, if they have to, they get, like, let's say Bruce Arians, let's say the Buccaneers have get close an outbreak, and Bruce Arians or the Seahawks or who Patriots, whoever it is, and the elderly coach of that team is worried about it. Maybe they can get set up in a in the coaching box or the coaching booth I don't think you want to bring him in. I think what maybe what you do is have like a mobile office, like a little bus or something that you park outside the stadium, and then you get closed circuit television, so you're on on the same. They get you the broadcast feed live, like with no delay. Right, or there, there would be yeah. I mean, there wouldn't be much of a delay. Well, you you're talking about the NBA, the technology that they're using to have these fans. They're not watching on a delay. They're reacting in real time to these these games that they're watching remotely. So I think yeah, there is the technology. You know, it's like, um, it's like the dude who does the lights at like a fish show or whatever. Okay. Like you have to, no, I mean like you have to be able to watch the action and adjust like the, the guy, whoever's doing this, these fan stuff. You, is, who does the lights at the fish show? It is, is like you're just sort of eagles. If you come down with coronavirus. <laughs> <Love it. laughs> 
No, I'm saying like, I mean, these, the, the way they're doing these fans, like you have to play the, you have to, I mean, you have to react quickly to get the noise oh, right. You're talking about the NBA. You're not talking about the, the football. You're talking about the NBA. No, 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 no. I'm talking about, and I'm talking about baseball too. Like the guy so who's doing that. Let me clarify quickly because I, Debo, I meant to ask you about this, Debo. So those are actually live fans projected as video people in the seats, uh, like three or four rows deep on those NBA games. Yeah, so I think there's the difference between that and it's it's the actual fans and then kind of like the virtual fans that you see more that they tried out in baseball and then there's those sounds associated with with movements to them. Yeah, I'm trying to look at these fans and the I mean yeah, these are video fans. I mean, they've done a great job of this setup in the in in Disney World with the NBA. Like it's it's really it they're not I will say that I think it's hard to really get into baseball because you feel like it's the rug's about to be pulled out from under it. In basketball, you know, it's this shortened season stretch run for the playoffs, but the playoffs will be here soon. I mean, it does feel like, you know, there's a little tune-up here for basketball where you will be able to get into it in the playoffs. I don't know, like, the, but the, watching the games, I have been shocked at how not different they feel. Like, they, I mean, they had guys, they were doing crowd noise for this, I think it was a Braves-Mets game, and there's like a pop fly, and the crowd goes, Oh, and it falls short and go, oh, and it, like the timing of it was unbelievable. I was very impressed. Uh, just also like testing, hmm? just like a fish show. Just like, <laughs> I'm just saying you have to re, you have to react to what's happening. It's not all planned out. You have to sort of do it like live. You have to adjust live. Well, I think the takeaway is if you can do that from wherever that person's doing it, then you can have a coach sitting in a mobile truck somewhere coaching right. if, if he comes down with coronavirus. Right. Well, it's like you with that soundboard, that new soundboard. You're get, <laughs> you, you could probably do what these guys are doing. <laughs> He's got two buttons to push. He never gets them right. Tyron Mathieu. <laughs> I already made fun of myself, Brinson. I already made fun of myself. Tyron Mathieu ain't going anywhere, buddy. What? All right. Also, landing on the COVID list, Matthew Stafford and Gardner Minshew, a pair of would-be starting quarterbacks in the NFL. Certainly Stafford will be starting. Um, to be clear, they don't have COVID that we know of. They may have been in close contact with someone. Is that right? right? That is correct. My wife texted me. It's either or. or. So the they could issue landed, has Corona. I was like, no, he could have just been exposed. And now they want to make sure that he doesn't spread it further. And he's being put on the list. Um, I think Stafford, I'm not really worried about because I think, I, I, I mean, per, like personally, when we say worried about, we mean from a football perspective. Obviously, I'm concerned about Matthew Stafford and his wife uh, recently overcame she have a cancer or two, a brain Well, she had a, a brain tumor surgery in April 2019. So that's like somewhat recent. And that's interesting. Uh, you know, like he's someone I would keep an eye on. Like I, there was, I, there was buzz about Stafford and, um, false buzz about Nick Foles. That, oh, yeah. That's that, not about that. That one of those two might consider opting out. I mean, it's just, you sort of wonder, like, will we see any quarterbacks opt out and or, what would happen to a team like the Lions or the the Jaguars if a quarterback was forced to miss substantial camp time or or worse uh, season games? I'm, I'm laughing not because potential of these guys getting sick, but be, you mentioned the Lions. What would the Lions and the Jaguars do if they're down their best player? Uh, they would win three games again. That's what would happen. <laughs> yeah, no. And you know what though? Like a team like the Lions, if Stafford was out for the next week or two, I don't think that's a big deal because he knows the system. He's so yeah. familiar with it. Just like uh, if Peterson has to coach from his hotel room using Zoom yelling at people on the sideline, uh, you know, I think that's fine because they all understand what he's doing. But it would be bigger, I think, for someone like Gardner Minshew because he's still learning, still trying to figure out what's going on there. 
Yeah, I know. I agree. I mean, I think Minshew's a much bigger deal. He's trying to beat out my boy Mike Glennon for the starting job, right? Mike Glennon, number two? Or do they get another quarterback there? Uh, they have Josh Dobbs as well. When are we getting Mike Glennon on the podcast, Brinson? Um, yeah. Maybe soon. need to work on that. Rivers house and do it. He's moving across the street from my buddy Nathan, building a new house here in Raleigh. Does Nathan have Corona? We don't want to see uh, Mike Glennon. They I don't need Mike Glennon getting quarantined after Minshew getting quarantined. They don't have a quarterback. He's got a Corona that I got Corona. <laughs> what is Mike uh, Glennon going to do when we present him with the Brenton tweets about Mike Glennon on air? I don't think I said anything <laughs> insulting. He is very tall with a long neck. He deleted. He looks like a giraffe with a shotgun. <laughs> All, right, we'll All right, but but right here, this is two starting quarterbacks who are on the COVID list. And again, like we're talking about Doug Peterson. What if we get to a Saturday or Friday before a game this season, and there's five starting quarterbacks? Like, let's say let's say the Lions are plus five in Green Bay against the Packers, and then on Friday it's announced that Matthew Stafford has COVID nineteen, has contracted COVID nineteen, and will be out for the next two weeks. What like if you can get like Packers minus five, that's probably going to be going to be like a like a pretty good value. Because then if you've heard um, conversations about quarantining either the number two or number three quarterback. Yeah. So- that's the, are they have all the number two quarterbacks in the league live in a house together, make a reality show about that. Add that to your little thing, your schedule thing, Breach, and you have a reality show to boot. Ooh, a reality show would be fun. You know it would be crazy, though? What if, uh, what if like, the Packers were, I don't know, two and two, and Aaron Rodgers got COVID, and Jordan Love came in week five and beat, the, and beat the Buccaneers like 42 to 10 and throw six touchdown passes? That That's the kind of spice I'm looking for with these uh, – with these you heard it here. Breach is rooting for Aaron Rodgers to get corona. No, no, no. I don't want anyone to get it. Uh, but I'm, there are interesting things that could happen this year. The, the more oh, you go in the rabbit crazy. hole and the more storylines you look at, it just gets a little crazy. Well, and like you think about like fantasy football. I mean, people are still going to play fantasy football. I mean, this, these are secondary concerns. I'm just thinking of the trickle-down effect. Like, you know, what if you have Aaron Rodgers and Matthew Stafford and both guys get coronavirus? And you find out Saturday. I mean, there's there's going to be all kinds of crazy stuff. Baseball is already a hot mess in terms of you know if you had if you had a bunch of Phillies or a bunch of Yankees, like you're you're missing all these games. It's going to be really difficult to deal with. And I, I just I don't know. I think that's why sort of you know to, you know going back to the scheduling thing that Breach talked about, you always have to have some kind of contingency thing built out because if you don't, like how on earth are you going to deal with a quarterback getting coronavirus. Well, and one thing, because we were talking about the NFL's contingencies, they don't really have anything built after week four. We do know they can push the Super Bowl back a few weeks, so they could put postponed games in January. But at what point do you say, you know, what if one of the canceled games is uh, like Lions, Bears, and they're both 4-11 and 11 at that point? Like, is that something you want to play that you're going to risk, that either team even wants to risk? So there are questions with, Moving postponed games to January because if there's if you know if you're not fighting right. for the number one overall pick or a playoff spot, why am I suiting up for this game and putting my health on the line again? Something else to consider, and we haven't talked about it yet. But if there is a vaccine in late December, early January, that might change the whole. Okay, we can just move forward with this thing. But the other side of that conversation is uh, we don't have enough vaccines for everyone in this country. Why are we giving two thousand of them to football players uh, immediately? So I mean, same thing with the like. We're going to test every single NFL player every single day. And you know, meanwhile, you know, people in America can't get a test back for seven days. I mean, that's, that's problematic from a moral perspective. So yeah, um, you know, it's sort of hard to keep like 
politics out of sports at this point, just because everything's we're all in the same sort of boat floating in the middle of the ocean. Yeah, that wasn't even political. No, but I, yeah. somebody will find some way to complain about it, though. Yep. Uh, by the way, the opt-out deadline, according to Dan Graziano of ESPN, just reported the opt-out deadline is now expected to be Thursday or Friday. So they're still trying to lock down the the agreement between the NFLPA and the NFL, but um, they're going to try and shorten the seven day window from signing to opting out. So it sounds like you know that you're listening to this on Tuesday. Roughly 48 to 72 hours for players to make a decision on opting out, which is exactly what C.J. Mosley did. The Jets linebacker who signed a huge free agent deal with them uh, two years two years ago. It was like 42 years ago. Um, they've now lost Jamal Adams and they've lost uh, C.J. Mosley because he is opting out for the season. He signed a five-year, $85 million deal last offseason. Man, it feels like, it feels like Mosley signed with that team 12 years ago. Had six GMs since then. Uh, he just played two games last season. No, just one. Mike McCagney got fired after signing him to that huge deal. Um, and according to a report, the team has no interest in Jadavion Clowney. I think I'm off my uh, Jets bandwagon officially. Yeah. At this point. I'm over the Jets. The Jets are going to stink. It sucks because they may very well be wasting sort of like the Cowboys did with, Sam, with, with Dak Prescott's rookie deal. feels like the Jets are really wasting Sam Darnold's rookie deal. I mean, I know and the motto thing is – Difference is the Jets suck. At least the Cowboys were good during that stretch. Sure, yeah, the Cowboys, yeah, exactly. Like the Cowboys, the Cowboys made one division titles and made the playoffs with Dak. Um, the Jets have just been terrible. And this is Sam Darnold's third year. Oh, by the way, they cut Brian Winters. I don't know if you just mentioned that. I was reading something else. I, I did not. They, yeah, they cut Brian Winters, starting right guard. So their new offensive line, their offensive line next season will be 100% different than what it was last season. That's not necessarily a bad thing, but in terms of, uh, any sort of continuity, it ain't going to be there. So it, it, it might be time to mash the Jets under. What is it? You know, I was going to ask that. Six and a half. Yeah, sure. So Mike Clay of ESPN here he tweeted this out on Monday yesterday. Yesterday, last year's Jets offensive line: Kelvin Beecham, uh, Kalecio Simile, Ryan Khalil, Brian Winters, Brandon Shell. This year. Uh, projected lineup, Makai Becton, the first-round pick, Alex Lewis, Connor McGovern, the other Connor McGovern, not the one that you love, Breach, for your Cowboys, Greg Van Roden, and George Fant. So on paper, I don't know if that's necessarily a huge improvement. And, and again, to your point, Brinson, that ain't great news for Sam Darnold. I mean, they are – so they're coached by Adam Gase, which is problematic in and of itself. Jamison Crowder is the longest-tenured guy? Wow, he just got there. He, I mean, all right. So the two, the two guys who have been on this team the longest on offense, not counting Sam Darnold because he would actually be the answer. Jamison Crowder and Le'Veon Bell. They get rid of Quincy Inunua. Is he gone? He's he's out for the season. He's already on IR. Rashad Perryman signed. Denzel Mims, you point out. Josh Doxson's a signing. I mean, this is insane. This is not good. This team stinks. How is this team going to win seven games? We need the Wilson button where he says, what are we even doing here? Because (laughs) what are the Jets doing here? I mean, you have Gase completely revamping this team. And Let me ask you this, though. Is this team on paper worse than the the, the Dolphins were week seven last year? I think they went 0-8 to start where they had all those draft picks lined up because this feels similar. The thing with the Jets is that I don't trust their defense. Their offensive line is a huge question mark, which they play the Bills, 49ers, and Broncos, three of the first four games, three of the 
top 10 defenses in the NFL, they're going to get mauled. So their skill players are okay, but, you know, if you only have half a second to throw the ball, it doesn't matter how good your skill players are. I mean, if, if Sam Darnold and Le'Veon Bell got hurt in this time, which is completely conceivable, right? Or got coronavirus at the same time. Yeah. It'd be Joe Flacco and Frank Gore. I think Joe Flacco's on PUP right now, maybe. Yeah, he is. To find I, him. My, my point is that they're old as hell. Well, I was going to say Joe Flacco on PUP or not on PUP is about the same player, so it may not make a difference who the quarterback is. Right. This team is actually worse than the Dolphins were through seven weeks last year. I would actually rather have their quarterback situation than I think Sam Darnold with no offensive line and two first round picks and a third round pick going into 2021. I just don't, I, I'm not sure I see how this team is winning. They're not seven games. They are now the, they're the worst team in the NFL. I mean, they, they play the AFC West. Do you think they can beat any team in the AFC West? No. I don't even think they can beat the Raiders. Why is their over juiced up? It's minus 125. How is this team winning seven games? Oh, the Panthers are typically the team you talk about as the worst team in the league. They're worse than the Panthers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't think the Panthers are. I think the Jaguars and the Redskins are the teams we talk about. The Redskins, yeah. That's true. Panthers and Bengals are five-and-a-half win totals, too. I mean, if you had, if, if it was like, listen, Jets versus Bengals – Right now, you have to pick the winner correctly or else you die. Are Bengals. you going with the Jets or the Bengals? No, I'm picking the Bengals all day long. Yeah, absolutely. Breach, why are you pointing at a Raiders helmet? What are you talking about? I can't see what I'm pointing at anymore. Yeah, you pointed at the Bengals. Okay. Um, you could, if, you, if you wanted to know what Breach is pointing at, you could have watched us on YouTube. Yes. We have a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash pick six. You can watch all of our videos from every single podcast there. Debo's obsessed with recording us. So you mentioned C.J. Mosley to start this conversation about the Jets. I think he was scheduled to make $16 million in 2020. He's opting out for either one hundred fifty dollars or $350,000. Well, the three fifty dollars is the at-risk. I don't know if at-risk. I didn't know if he was. Is he just oh, doing but I think the three fifty high-risk is different. The one fifty is in a salary advance. Oh, okay. You get, you get $150,000 advance on next year's salary, basically, because your contract is totally. Oh. So you got to so, pay back. That's right. The three fifty you don't have to pay back because you're you're a high risk person. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. So I mean, it's a huge difference. And it just um, your, your contract pushes out. Okay. But I mean, you got to remember too, if you're CJ Mosley, <laughs> CJ Mosley, you have fifty one million dollars guaranteed. So it doesn't matter. Literally, if he shows up completely out of shape next year, and they cut him, he gets all his money. So right. like, if you're, you're CJ Mosley and you're like, man, maybe there's not going to be a season. I don't want to risk my health, et cetera, et cetera. Your contract's tolling. Right. It's not like it's not like he's on a rookie deal and he doesn't want his contract to toll because it's going to take him longer to get to free agency. He already got the free agency and got paid. He's actually pushing money down the road that the Jets will owe him. And if they cut him, they still owe him the full guaranteed amount of the deal. Yeah. Okay. Cut him now. We can't cut somebody who opts out, right? Yeah, I misspoke on that. So that's actually one of the few times where a non-quarterback has some leverage. In fact, if you're CJ Mosley and you're fighting back from injuries from last year, you should opt out. Skip the year. Your team stinks. Yeah. You know, push your contract down back a year and you probably won't get another big bite of free agency, but you know, that money will be there next year. I don't think it's crazy you. how many players have opted out so far. I think one of the things even non COVID related, it just it doesn't make a lot of sense to spend a lot of money on non quarterback free agents. Just seems like it rarely how often does it work out? I mean look the Jets signed Le'Veon Bell and CJ Mosley. 
the huge deals last all season. And their teams look at look at what's happened to the roster. They haven't drafted anybody. They're the Browns. Remember when the Browns went through that stretch where they like B Mac and I were talking about this. So um who oh so Miles Garrett signed a signed a deal, right, with the Browns what, two weeks ago or whatever? Mm-hmm. He's the first Browns first round pick to get a second contract since it's like two thousand nine. Not good. Or is it 2013? Whatever it was. Anyway, you, you, no, Joe Hayden got one maybe. The point being is that the Jets are in the same position. They, I mean, who is the last uh, Jets player to get to, to be drafted the first round pick by the drafted the first round by the Jets and also get a second contract from the Jets? Because obviously, Quinn Williams, Mackay Becton, not eligible. Sam Darnold, not eligible. Jamal Adams traded. Darren Lee traded. Leonard Williams traded. Calvin Pryor. Traded or released, I can't remember. D. Milliner, uh, once upon a time, thought he was the best cornerback in football. Was cut. Did Sheldon Richardson get a deal with him? Maybe. I think he wants to say he held out. Okay. And then was traded. Because they had two first-round picks that year. Quentin Kobles? No. I don't think he did. No. He, he didn't really work Muhammad out. Muhammad Wilkerson never got one because they were in a huge fight, right? Or did he eventually sign one? I thought either he, I thought either Mo Wilkerson or Sheldon Richardson did, but I could be wrong on both. The answer might be Mark Sanchez. That would be Mark. Oh uh, no, I take Sanchez. that back. Uh, in 2015, the Jets gave Wilkerson a deal. There it is. Yep. So did Sheldon Richardson? I wonder if he signed a deal. I can't remember if he signed. He got traded in what year did he get drafted? He got traded. He got traded in 2017. So I doubt. He had negotiated a new contract yet. Yeah, I don't think he did either. So that means that 2011 was the last time the Jets drafted somebody in the first round who signed a second who signed a second contract with the Jets. That is wild. And by the way, before that, I mean, it was Kyle Wilson, Mark Sanchez, God. Vernon Golston, and then Revis. They're not. They have not been great. Sanchez right? definitely got a second deal, Debo. Because Ryan and I wrote about it a bunch because they had to restructure it. Remember, Ryan? Vaguely, yeah. I think at the time, no one could understand why they did that. Their first pick in the 2005 draft was a kicker. Jesus. Excuse me. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, so he's got a three-year extension for $40.5 million. Who's the 2005 draft? Uh, their first pick wasn't until the second round, but it was uh, Mike Nugent. Oh, yeah. The Nuge. Nuge. In fact, he is one of um, he is the uh, oldest active Jets draft pick. Nugent. Yeah, that is kind of funny. Yeah, the next the next one, Bilal Powell. Jeez, a pizza. Yeah. That's a name. So, so the, the long story short, the Jets are terrible. We should think they call him Bilal, or do they call him Powell? B P. Uh, in, in New York, they're like, "Oh, Bilal, what's Bilal doing?" Oh, let's deliver the gas. Um, Moving along. Uh, yes, also, really bad. Agreed. We're in a unanimous agreement. Marquise Lee and Matt Lacoste uh, get it to eight Patriots players who have opted out for the season now. I mean, the Bills are, are the Bills a runaway train in this division. Yeah. Has William Hill updated the uh, over under win totals for the Patriots, or do they do it daily? I don't know how often that happens. Because I think we talked it was nine and a half last week, and the Bills were nine. That just seemed crazy to me. I don't know if that's changed. But still, I know still nine and a half, and then plus 140 on that over. They're not winning 10 games, are they? 
Patriots? Yeah. I think it's just too, it's too early to tell until you know if Cam's healthy. Or like yeah. Stidham looks great in Cam. You know, Cam, Cam and Belichick, a healthy Cam and Belichick can get him to 10 wins. I didn't know. I see that Marquise Lee is holding out, or opting out, excuse me, for the Patriots. I didn't know he signed with the Patriots. Also, yeah, gonna, uh, and that's the thing is that I feel like there's only three opt outs that are really hurting the Patriots right now. And Patrick Chung, Hightower, and Marcus Cannon. Like, yeah. other than that, everybody else is kind of, uh, yeah, Belichick's so like, uh, alright, have fun. I mean, man. Bolton's a special oh. teams guy. Who's, if, Devin, if, if the McCourty's opt out, that would be a problem. That McCourty. would absolutely be a problem. Devin McCourty was not happy with the NFL's decision to try to move up this opt out date. Yeah. Uh, I think he talked to Patriots supporters uh, over the weekend, perhaps, or maybe earlier this week. But anyway, he, he spoke very clearly that, uh, he doesn't understand. He called it BS, I think. And I, I understand what he's saying, just because you're trying to rush these players into making decisions that will obviously have some impact on them and their families. But the report is that the NFL is trying to rush it because they were surprised by how many players are opting out. They just have guys calling in like, I'm out, I'm out, I'm out. Eight players on the Patriots. That is what? One sixth of the roster. By the way, the fact uh, that report is true that the NFL is surprised, that does not make me feel great about contingency plans because you're surprised about something like that. I mean, whoa, look at all these guys who don't want to play during a pandemic. <laughs> and Odell says this the whole season should be canceled. Yeah, let's, let's, let's mention that because we, um, before we get to another star wide receiver who's in the news, let's talk about Odell Beckham who said to, is it GQ or the, what, the Wall Street Journal? Yeah, Wall Street. Is that who he's doing his special offseason profile with this year? Uh, uh, it is WSJ Magazine. Oh, I don't know. Stop it. They have one? They have a nah, they told, I was told that it is not the Wall Street Journal. Did you write the story? I did because they sent me. The Wall Street Journal sent me the story and made sure to say that I needed to mention WSJ Magazine and not the Wall Street Journal. Sent me the story. Let me go check my spam list to see if they also sent me the story. Can't stand it. They didn't. I'm they just know. curious if it, you know. You don't write stories anymore. Why would they send it to you? Wah, wah. You just got dunked on. Oh, up high, down hard. By the way, um, that's Kevin Harlan, of course. But uh, if you want to hear something funny, and Debo probably knows this because he's an NBA guy, I think back in 2012, uh, Ian Eagle was doing basketball with um, Fratello, and he stops in the middle of the broadcast to call Fratello out for being condescending towards him. It is hysterical. Ian Eagle is outstanding. They're like buddies. I guess it wasn't a big deal, but to hear it live, like, okay, he, he, Ian Eagle is not messing around. And he goes, I understand what a slip screen is. I was just explaining it because you did such a terrible job of explaining the first place. <laughs> so I was like, all right, whatever, dude. But it was, uh, it, I liked it. I liked the, the, the pushback from, from the Eagle. I'm a big Ian Eagle fan. I Maybe. think, I mean, obviously Jim Nance is the goat. Um, the goat. But Syracuse Ian Eagle and Kevin Harlan are really, 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 really good at their jobs. We have an incredible broadcast, a stable of broadcast and, and play-by-play and color guys here at CBS Sports. I said it in the season. I'll say it again. Again, this isn't CBS, but Kevin Harlan does the, the play-by-play on radio with Kurt Warner for Monday Night Football. And when we talked to Kurt Warner through ball, I said, I, I listen to you guys instead of the, the, the TV guys. He goes, oh, I, I could see that. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, the, um, they do a great job, too. By the way, uh, we should – point out, I mean, I know we're not supposed to cover or, anyway, we can point out, hold on. Just point it out. I, it. I was going to finish the Odell Beckham thing before we got to what you're going to point out. I got dunked on and then that went on a Harlan thing, which led us off of yes, the sir. Odell oh. stuff. Uh, so Odell Beckham said 
What was this quote, Breach? You wrote the story. I'm sure you have the quote right in front of you. Uh, Odell Beckham said that he thinks the season should be canceled. Wow. Way to read that quote verbatim. Oh, you wanted me to read the quote verbatim, or you didn't want me to just break it down? That's how I do things. I was fine with the breaking it down. Okay, now the verbatim quote is, do you want me to use the bunny ears? The bunny ears. All right, he said, quote, I just feel like the season shouldn't happen, and I'm prepared for it not to happen, and I wouldn't mind not having it, unquote. On is and now I will say two things. Uh, it's been reported that Odell. This interview was two weeks ago, so Odell since has been to the Browns facility. Maybe he feels better about this. He obviously has not opted out for the season because we would have heard about that. Uh, so maybe he's uncomfortable, but he's playing because of the money, or he's uncomfortable and hasn't decided what he's going to do. And maybe he's only going to have till Friday because apparently that's going to be when the opt out final decisions are due. But uh, I mean. No matter when this interview was, it was within the past two weeks. If you are the NFL, and which we've been talking about this whole podcast, this is not what you want to hear from a star player because he doesn't sound confident in the NFL's ability to pull the season off, which is kind of what we've been saying about, you know, the schedule is kind of crazy that they're going through with this full thing. I saw where, uh, who was it? Somebody, oh, uh, oh, actually, friend of the podcast, Matt Lombardo, wrote a piece that said, Odell Beckham needs to put his money where his mouth is and opt out. Yeah, but he would be in the same boat as CJ Mosley, right? Yeah. He's still going to get paid. Yeah. Odell opting out. Odell opting out would just be a, it would just turn into like a couple weeks worth of hot take yelling and the Browns. Oh, of course the Browns can't have anything nice. And I do think it's, I understand why you, they need to know about opting out now. It does stink that. Like it would be nice. It'd be nice if you could wait maybe a couple of weeks and just see, because this is a very fluid situation with coronavirus. We just don't know how things are going to change from week to week. Like sometimes it looks like, you know, cases and hospitalizations and and everything are trending down, and then sometimes it looks like they're spiking back up, and it's hard to tell with the data. So well, and you don't know with football. If two weeks from now, forty guys on your team have it, you thought you had a clean facility, but now forty guys on your team have tested positive for coronavirus. Yeah, you're going to opt out. But now you're not going to have that option because the NFL has set this deadline. So I do think the deadline uh, is a little bit ridiculous because no, none of the players have any idea how fast or how slow or if it's going to spread at all while they're in close proximity with everybody else on the team. Yeah, and I mean, if you're somebody like Odell Beckham, it's sort of a it's a weird spot because you know, he's single, right? He's not he doesn't have not married with kids or whatever, so he you know he doesn't have to worry about doing something specifically for his his family in that sense, maybe, you know, maybe as you know, parents or what parents or whatever that he's concerned about, but you know, you don't have to worry about the people who are living in your household more than likely. However, you know, and, and additionally you have a ton of money. So you in theory could skip the season and be fine financially and, and make sure your health is okay. But if you're Odell Beckham, you are going to get crushed, crushed if you opt out because people like to crush Odell Beckham. And I'm not saying they should, I think each player can make his own decision here it shouldn't matter who we're talking about, but Odell Beckham will get crushed, in my opinion, if he decides to opt out. And I'm going to say two things real quick. One, it'll be interesting to see if Beckham's comments kind of open a floodgate, because I feel like players have been very low-key and reserved about saying, oh, this can't work, I don't want to play. Uh, only big comment was J.J. Watt, and he said, everyone wants to play. Well, not everyone wants to play, because Odell doesn't want to play. And then Odell did have another comment in this story where he said, quote, we're not ready for football season. So why are we trying to push forward? It's obviously for their money. And that bothers me because there's always been this. And I hate saying it like that, 
But the owner's attitude is, oh, we own you guys. And just kind of that unfairness going on that they don't see us, the players, as human, unquote. So, I mean, he kind of took a shot, a big shot at owners. It, it's unfortunate that uh, traffic whores like Breach and, you know, all the other people out there wouldn't take that as the headline. Because he's like saying, hey, look, the you know, he's saying the reason that this is pressing on is because the owners want it to happen. Like that, like he's taking a stance, but I get it. The other line that he says is far more interesting uh, and far more clickbaity. I mean, a star player calling for the season to be canceled feels people have called out owners before. We haven't had a star player call for an NFL. But, but I, I know, I know. I, I, I don't disagree with the concert. I'm saying that like, what he, his stance is not, I mean, I don't really want to play football. His stance is, it feels like they, we don't, they don't know what they're doing and they're only doing this because owners want all their money. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's both. I think it's, yeah. he doesn't feel comfortable with the setup and he also doesn't feel comfortable that the owners only want the players there so they can make a pretty penny. If a different player said this, it would be, ta- it would be taken a lot differently. Yeah. It depends. I mean, Leah, Odell Beckham comes with back. It's without question. But if JJ Watt said it, it might be taken more seriously, actually. What if Tom Brady said it? If J.J. Watt said it, people would be like, oh, J.J. Watt has a great point here. I don't know. Beckham says it. It's like, oh, this diva loser. Oh, right. He, that's right. His history suggests that, you know, people don't always take him seriously, even though, in general, he stays out of trouble. Just like to I, kick, kick. I will say, too, that Odell Beckham does enjoy a, an off-season profile. This history. That's I mean, like, definitely his thing. It's like, maybe just don't do one one year. You know, you don't have to do an interview with GQ or WSJ Magazine or Relics or whatever else you're doing. Like, if we were handing out the MVP award for the person who does the most off-season profiles, it's definitely Odell. Most valuable profile And the thing is, I thought we made it through this off-season without getting an Odell profile because he always says something I don't, uh, controversial. And, uh, you know, he didn't. He almost did. Yeah, this is like the tamest of the profiles. Uh, all right, and finally, Antonio Brown suspended eight games. Did we, were we asked if we could do an emergency podcast for that? Or did we put our foot down? Did we do one? We didn't do one, right? We were asked about AB, I don't think. I was out. It was on Friday. I was out too. I wasn't here to talk you guys into it. Yeah. So I, mean, I had no interest in doing one. I mean, it's he's not in the league. He's not on a team. Now, I do think that Antonio Brown, because teams now know how long he will be out for, will be more interested in signing him, and you will see somebody potentially go after him. However, in a season where so much is unknown, and we don't know how, like, we don't know how many games are going to be played by each NFL team, eight games could be half a season, three quarters of a season, a hundred percent of the season. And what is your risk tolerance for bringing Antonio Brown into your locker room for the entire duration, I would assume, of training camp? And OTAs and whatever else happens in the lead up to the season. What is your risk tolerance for bringing a guy like that in ahead of the season and potentially being a distraction, being a problem, and then not being able to play for what will amount to at minimum half of the year? Oh, no one's signing him now. They'll just wait. You see, I think if you want him, you have to sign him now because you want him to learn your system and he's allowed to practice during training camp. You don't want to come in cold turkey and try and figure things out. He wouldn't even be allowed in the locker room until week nine. So now he's sitting at home. He's on your roster. If he causes trouble, he's your player on your roster making you look bad. Uh, I think, I just think if you're signing him, you do it now. Well, Can't this we... happened Friday. This podcast is up Tuesday. He's still unemployed. Mm, so. That's a good point. 
Well, I mean, would it be safe to? I mean, listen. Here's the thing with Antonio Brown: you can automatically rule out <laughs> one eighth of the NFL teams. Wait, wait, wait! You can rule out the Steelers. I wouldn't rule out the Patriots. I would rule out the Raiders. <laughs> the Raiders, maybe the Bills. I would imagine exactly. they, the Bills and the Patriots. He made a joke about Robert Kraft's personal incident on Twitter. He said they had signed him the again. Reports were that Tom Brady still wanted him? Was that the report? Bruce Arians just said they won't sign him. You said that, yeah. I think, I, mean, I, think, I think, I think you can rule out like a quarter of the NFL teams. Like, the, like I don't think the Redskins are signing him. I think it's down to the Seahawks or the Ravens, and I think the two wild cards would be the Packers and the 49ers. Why would the Ravens sign him? Because Lamar Jackson has actually Hollywood, begging. Hollywood, cause, he, no, because Hollywood Brown is begging Lamar to be to beg John Harbaugh publicly about it. And he has been doing it. That's all Lamar Jackson's been talking about this offseason. Let's get Antonio Brown on the team. I know that. I don't care about that, though. This team is really, really good. They're the favorites to win the Super Bowl, according to our guy Stephen O, at 22%, even higher than the Chiefs. That's because Stephen O's a Raven summer. <laughs> that is true. Um, he's a math guy, too, so I, I would imagine that's He was true. right about him last year, though, so I give him credit. But I, I don't think it's worth it. Well, how much better does he make your team? A half a win? I think it's probably negative. Oh, I mean, in the Ravens' case, because they're they feel like they're going to win, say, twelve games. Hey, Antonio Brown, maybe get you to thirteen. I think he'd be bigger for a team like the Seahawks. I think he could add yeah. one or two games there. Uh, and I think Russell know. Wilson and Pete Carroll are better equipped to handle Antonio Brown. I don't think John Harbaugh wants to deal with that headache. Um, I think I would, he'd add, he could add one or two wins to the Packers. I think Aaron Rodgers would forget, would forget I, every yeah. single thing in the world if they signed Antonio Brown. I would I actually have the Packers is they're my front runner probably more than the Seahawks. I think he would do more for Green Bay than for Seattle. Seattle has some good receivers. San Francisco is an interesting choice too. He would be only because Debo Samuel's hurt. I don't know for how right. long, but he would be a problem in Kyle Shanahan's offense. He would be a problem. You could stop there. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Kyle Shanahan's offense gets gets guys like him in space. Kyle Shanahan was in Washington when things were going sideways, and I don't know if he's up for dealing with that sort of headache again either. Maybe not. I just don't he's not worth it. It's, it's insane to say because he's a Hall of Famer. Maybe. Yeah, but I think we've named the four teams because you have to have a strong locker room. You have to be a good team. You're not going to, like, the Browns where you just cause more drama. Uh, so are the be, Packers, a strong, I, Packers are now my number one based on what you said, but are they a strong locker room? Do we know that Matt LaFleur can handle that? I would, I, I, I would, Aaron Rodgers, like, I don't care what Matt can handle. I can handle it. So, uh, yeah, I think, fine. I think a veteran quarterback is a paramount, is paramount. Yeah. Or a veteran quarterback or like a head coach with a, with a very steady presence. And look, the 49ers have, I mean, they drafted Reuben Foster. They're not, they're not afraid to, I'm not, I'm I'm just saying like he was had off field issues coming out. Like they're not afraid to sort of press the envelope a little bit to try and, you know, lock somebody down. Yeah. And as Brinson said, the veteran quarterback's big because like Antonio Brown, if he yells at Aaron Rodgers, Rodgers is like, dude, like go sit on the bench. We'll be out out there. Yeah. Yeah. Just like when he yelled at Ben, Ben would just ignore him and be like, "Get out in the field next series, dude." Yeah, I mean nobody. I mean anyway, that's enough Antonio Brown. Yep. <laughs> All right. So wait oh, quickly before we move on. Maybe Breach. When will he be signed? If you're of the sign him now plan. Uh, this podcast is coming out on August fourth. I think he'll be signed before the end of training camp. So before the end of the month, we'll definitely have to do a mercy pod for that. So make sure you two clear your schedules. Wait, wait, wait. did you? Did you just say they'll be he'll be signed in the next month? I said by the end of the month. End of the, uh, August. It's a pretty long time frame. 
Well, I said, yeah, I, I don't think, think he, he I, I think I said any team that needs to get him in there needs to do it during training camp. That's training camp. That's it. Wanna, That's my window. I want to say October. I don't October. think so. What's the point of signing him on the last day of August? Well, He's in between now and then. Cause you still have a week of practice. He can practice like September 5th. So you still okay. get him in for a week after your final cuts are made. Like you have your, the, your, the nucleus of the team you're going to have. So you know what you're working. You don't want Antonio Brown dealing with the bottom of the roster and yelling at those guys and being crazy in the locker room. So you just wait till <laughs> you move on. Uh, and finally, by the way, LaShawn McCoy signed with the Buccaneers very quickly after Damian Williams opted out and we didn't do an emergency podcast and Damian Williams opted out <laughs> because we're not lunatics. Uh, it felt like the Bucs were like, oh, the Chiefs are definitely going to sign Shady. Let's go get him and tell him he can be the starter or something like that. Buy or sell, this matters at all. Yeah. I mean, they drafted, I think they drafted Keyshawn Vaughn. Is that who they drafted? Yeah, Keyshawn Vaughn. They have Ronald Jones. And, yeah. Uh, that's it. R.A. Agunbawale. Ah. I nailed it. Friend of the, friend of the podcast? No, yeah. friend of the Fantasy Football Today podcast. Yes. Oh, they drafted Raymond Calais too. Calais and Vaughn are both on the COVID-19 list, which means they may have come in contact with or may have it. We don't know which. So, uh, they're currently in that protocol, but they have a ton of running backs. So, I think LaShawn's impact probably less than that it was than what it was in Kansas City. Yeah, I, the the hype out was like, oh, the Chiefs have all pros at these positions. I mean, the the, the yeah, Bucks, right. Bucks, like it's like, listen, this is like the Falcons first rounder thing. Okay, like by the way, the thing that annoys me most about LaShawn, who I think is a really good player, great career, I hate it when running backs carry the ball like a bread, like a loaf of bread. Did that bother you in Philadelphia, Debo? No, I think that's something everyone embraced as long because he never had like true fumbling. He always had that recognition when to pull who, it in. Who, who, who are you talking about? Dima? It made him unique. Who are you talking about? This is LaShawn. We we reference him as LaShawn. <laughs> if you don't I, think we're calling him LaShawn, if you don't LaShawn think Sean is totally different. I well, love JD though. He got a bunch of rules. Yeah. I, I I'm gonna let's go at pick six pod on Twitter. We'll we'll extend this debate about first name, last name. Because I do not agree. Earlier, I didn't hop in, but it was explicitly just Cam when talking about the Patriots. I told you before that that it was Cam. That's how you say Cam. He's Cam. You don't call him. You how to pronounce it. Just Cam. Weird. He's a superhero. Okay. Yeah. He's literally the example I used when we were talking about Wentz and Peterson. Right, but you gave no explanation. I said, "Will you call him Cam because he's Cam? He's just different, like Ben, Big Ben." Some guys just get the first name, but not every Eagles guy. I'm not saying you're not going. Well, it's, like, like, it's like it's like little rare instances across the league, and then every Eagles guy, but only Eagles fans who do it. I disagree with that. I still don't know why the Buccaneers didn't go after Devontae Freeman or just give him money. Give him what he wants. I feel like that would be a huge why? step up. Why give him money? Not a ton of money, but I feel like he'd be a bigger step up than LaShawn McCoy. Not that McCoy's bad, but he's well, they have he's a by committee guy. He's too old. He hasn't done anything in the past two years, really. They got the three, four young running backs. Do you think people in Tampa call Tom Brady Tom? No, yeah. they call him Tommy. T-A-W. And you don't think on Boston radio they were calling they called him Brady? No, they, they called call him both. I think it's 50-50 split. But it's Tommy. always done. I want to know what the listeners call Brinson. I don't know why Brinson cares about this. So I know what My I'm calling. I was wearing a Brinson oh. sucks hat yesterday. Who was? I summoned He's like, ha, 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 ha. Oh, that's so hilarious. You. I was like, that's you too, dummy. <laughs> <laughs> Turn it around on you. <laughs> I was like, that means you, fool. That's like, you, oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get out of here. Great show. As always, subscribe, rate, and review. Leave your five-star question in the comments on Apple Podcasts. We'll get to them. Talk to you guys later. <laughs>